are listening to CITR 101.9 FM شما به صدای CITR روی موج 101 ممیز نو گوش می دهید جامعه پژوهشگران پارس شما را به شنیدن برنامه بعد دعوت می کند دوباره به فلات ایران تک تک شما دوستان را به پروردگار نگهدارنده مهر و مهربانان می سپارد تا پنج شنبه دیگر با شهر قصه نو از آموزه ها اصوره ها و هنر فلات ایران for joining Seymour Storyland. You can listen to Seymour Stories at www.parsma.blogspot.ca or join Seymour Friends at facebook.com slash Radio. آینده و پیروز در پناه خداوند باشید Music, eating, and grooving, marching, and moving forward.
working at spooning, listening to tunes while doing the song, singing along to get well before, well before, being a father in You're listening to Peanut Butter and Jams with hosts Brenda and Jordy on CITR 101.9, exploring local music and local food. Tune in to learn about the best eats and tunes from your neighborhood and a weekly pairing for your date calendar. Warning, the endorsements and criticism expressed during the show are the opinions of the host, unless clearly identified as advertising. Put in your earbuds and fire up your taste buds. It's Peanut Butter and Jams. Hello, everybody. This is Jordy. And Brenda. And we're here to talk to you about food and music in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a good show for you today. We've got um, D- uh, Darcy, Peter Banner Jam's correspondent, and my fiance. Mm-hmm. Um, has not talked girlfriend anymore. Not girlfriend anymore. I put a ring on it. Um, has, uh uh, talked with me about ramen, and we also went to that Dining in the Dark restaurant, Dark Table. Very excited to hear about that. Um, yeah, so we'll be talking about that. We've got a lot of music planned for you today. Um, we might have someone from someone call in and talk to us about a thing that happened in beer in BC that made mm-hmm. us all very unhappy, and we might just talk about it without them. But we'll see. We'll see how that goes, mm-hmm. depending on uh, people's availability. Um, but why don't we listen to a song by the Shilos, which is brand new off of their new album. How new is this, Brenda? Is this brand brand new? Did um, you just get it? I believe Sarah got it in the mail just recently. Like, yeah, probably like last week or the week before, maybe. Yes. Um, the Shilos are a really great Vancouver band. Uh, they, it's kind of alt-country kind of alt-country country rocky stuff they, they're kind of i, I kind of fi- find they fall somewhere between country rock and like 60s 70s brit rock mm-hmm. that's how i always feel about them anyhow and i believe they are playing cat Solano. which is a great music festival which that is, is free mm-hmm. that you should be checking out um but here is the song off of their new album called days of wine
right now, man, as far as the way I see it, um, I think right now, um, hip-hop is advancing as far as skills, we got brothers, you know what I'm saying, getting like more witty. There ain't nobody to be pretty for, let it rattle, let the clatter kill him, let the cataclysm rush, who really listens, precision with the verse draws a cry, draw a line between an easy melody and peace of mind, uh-huh. We got DJs doing all kind of crazy shit on the turntables. I like where it's going, and I like, you know what I'm saying, the creative process that brothers are trying to take it to right now. Brother Wells and Brendan Butter in the place to be. Crimes and Treasons Radio, 101.9 FM, Vancouver, CITR.ca, every Tuesday, 9 till 11. Dynamite! Your midweek roots music fix every Wednesday evening with Folk Oasis, featuring the latest releases from Canadian and especially BC artists, as well as phone interviews and live studio sets with local and touring artists. Folk Oasis, two eclectic hours of roots music, always a Kumeya free zone. Wednesday evenings from 8 to 10 p.m. on CITR FM 101.9 and www.citr.ca.
And now, a piece about Darktable. Uh, this is Jordy, and I'm here with my lovely fiance, Darcy Brooch. Hello. And we are going to be talking about Darktable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Darcy, do you want to tell people what Darktable is? Sure. So, Darktable is a restaurant in Kits where they completely turn off all the lights. They have blackout curtains everywhere. It's uh, a kind of pitch black that you've probably never experienced before. I certainly hadn't. Yeah, uh, and uh, it's I guess it's to try and enhance your other senses and give you an idea of uh, what it's like to eat without sight. The waiters were all blind, so there was uh, kind of an aspect of understanding what they feel like when they eat meals, maybe? Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, it was very interesting. Um, I didn't really feel like my senses were totally enhanced. I didn't feel like my taste sense But I thought it was a really cool experience. Yeah. My taste was not enhanced, but my hearing was enhanced, because I could hear every conversation in the restaurant super clearly. And I have no idea how big the restaurant was, either. Yeah. We couldn't tell how big it was, but you could tell that the people it, it were not really right is, beside it you. It really is pitch black. It's yeah. like total, complete blackness. You can't see anything. You'll like... Wave your hands around in front of your face, and you won't see them. Yeah, it's, like, it's pretty amazing. You'll start imagining things yeah. where you think people are, and then find out that they're actually somewhere like slightly to the left of where you're imagining they, the, the sense of movement that you saw was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it was a really interesting experience. Um, so we went there with some friends of ours, and uh, we got the two-course meal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get a choice of... I think you get a choice of a two-course or a three-course is yeah. basically the options you have. Yeah, you can't... I don't think you can just get a one-course, but uh, it is a little pricey. It's not like a place where you would go every day. No, it's, um, it was $33 yeah, it's, for the two-course and 39 for the For the three-course, three. yeah. So it does add up. Especially um, if you get a drink on top of that. Exactly. Yeah. Although you might not want to. I didn't really want to because I wanted to experience the darkness more fully. Mm. But you guys all had drinks. Yeah, I had two drinks. I didn't feel like it really impacted. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have. Yeah. But it was like something that I thought might mm-hmm. I might might affect the experience, so I didn't I didn't have any drinks. But I probably would have been fine. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um so I got the chicken and which was like a cut up chicken breast stuffed oh, with cream oh, cheese. There was something I wanted to say. Oh. Um you had a choice of getting either a if you got a two course, you could get a starter and the main, and if you... Or the main Or the main and the dessert. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you got the three quarts, you got just got all three. Mm-hmm. And the starter was always a surprise. The dessert was always a surprise. Yeah. And the main, you could pick. Yeah. Or you, you could be like, surprise. give me a surprise. Yeah, exactly. One of the people we were with got a surprise. Yeah. Turned out to be chicken. It was different chicken than what Darcy had, though. Different chicken, yeah. So my chicken was conveniently cut up into small little bits so that I think it was so that I could eat with my hands, which I did. Or it would be easier to eat it with a fork so you're not, like, picking up a whole, like, chicken breast with your fork. I thought it would be harder to eat it with a fork because then you have to find it and then pierce it with a fork and it's a smaller piece. So I definitely was not uh, embarrassed and, I mean, no one saw me, but I full-on ate with my hands. And I thought you guys were all animals because they all ate with their hands and I didn't. Yeah. I got ravioli and it was so easy to eat with a fork. And the ravioli was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, I had a t- I had a bite and it was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, the staff was really nice. Yeah, I've never um, had so many interactions with my waiter. Yeah. In a restaurant. Where you years. have to, like, know their name and remember it and call out their name. You have name. to shout out their name if you want something, like, mm. to go to the bathroom. You have to be like, Letitia, can I go to the bathroom? Yeah. She'll be like, yeah, okay, let's go. Yeah, and then you do a little train on their shoulders and they take you to the bathroom. And there is light in the bathroom. It's not a it's not pitch black bathroom. It's very dimly lit to the bathroom. Yeah, it's very dimly lit, so it doesn't ruin your senses, but it is uh, it is dark. Yeah, um, but yeah, I've never spoken to uh, one of the wait staff so much. They were more they were like very much a part of the experience um, mm-hmm. because you have to talk to them constantly. Yeah, like you have to be like, this is like. They're like, are you done? Do you want me to clear the table? Because they can't see if you're done or not. Exactly. Um, Ask you where things are and tell you that they're bringing things over. Yeah. It was very, yeah, it was a lot more involved with them. They don't know what you've, who ordered what either because you order before you go in. Yeah, true. So when they come to the table, they'll be like, who's having the ravioli? And you'll have to be like, I'm having the ravioli. And then Mm -hmm. they'll like come over and give it to you. Yeah. Yeah, and then you have, and then when we wanted to try each other's food, we had to like, like feel around, feel around, and be like, okay, where's your hand? And like, we take each other's hand and like guide each other's hands to mm-hmm. the food and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, no food fell. We were pretty smooth. Well, that's we don't know that. Well, I didn't feel any food fell. <laughs> it may have fallen on the other side of the table, but I didn't drop any food. You might have, and you just never saw it. No. Maybe you accidentally just like picked something up and like. The end of yeah, because like, I blew off. I used my hands. I don't think I don't think that you can be sure. Mm. But yeah, I think it's a it's an interesting experience, and everyone should try it at least once. Yeah, um, the experience is exceptional. Yeah, we yeah. were saying it's probably not a great place for a first date, or even like a second or third date. Just because you kind of want to like. You kind of want to look at your date, usually. Yeah. Unless you're blind, in which case, I guess. It's also, like, it, I feel like it would, might be difficult to Although go with someone. Although if you're blind, you might not want to go to a blind restaurant. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, I feel like it might be difficult to go with someone who you don't feel super comfortable with. Because it is kind of awkward. You don't have visual distractions to guide the conversation. Yeah, we went with, like, fairly close friends. Although you could constantly talk about the experience itself that you're having. That's true. So there's a topic of conversation that you don't get to check out your date as the date goes on. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good place to go with friends. Maybe take your parents if they're adventurous. Yeah. It's an interesting place to take, like, out-of-town folk. And and while we said the food is good, it's not, like, exceptional food. Yeah. It's good food, but you're not going for the food. You're going for the experience. Yeah, exactly. Would you go again? Um, maybe in a while, if, like, I was with some people who wanted to go. Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't think I would go by myself again. Yeah. I don't feel if I had, like, the, the urge to go to this one again, but I... thought I, the experience was really neat, yeah. and I'm glad I had it, yeah. but it's kind of like an experience that, like... Yeah, it's like a... Your first experience is the interesting one. It's... You might not need to go again. I think, yeah, I think again. it might be less interesting the second yeah, time. Exactly. But I would go if, like, a bunch of my friends wanted to go, mm-hmm. or, like, someone was visiting from out of town and was like, I really want to go to this. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then we could be the pros who know where everything is and who are so skilled in the dark. Except already I been. don't remember how the room is laid out <laughs> at all. In fact, I got really confused and disoriented when we went to and from the table. Yeah. And I wasn't really sure which way the main entrance was from the table. Yeah. 
Oh, and a tip to the girls, don't wear four-inch heels when you go, because it's really hard to walk, and I did that, and it was a mistake. Yeah. I remember when you wore heels. I was like, why are you wearing heels to a place where no one can see them? Well, people could see me getting there. <laughs> it's true, in the, wait- in the waiting room. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty great. Um, I think that's all we had to say about Dark Table. Yeah. Okay, well. Back to you guys in the studio, Jordy and Brenda. We're back. We're back. That was really interesting. Thanks. Um, yeah, it was. It is a really weird experience. Did you have any questions after hearing that, or anything else that people might want to know? Um, uh, can you remind us where it is? Dark Table is on Fourth Avenue. It's pretty close to... It's at 4th and Vine, basically. Okay. Yeah. And did you talk about price at all? Yes, Sorry. we did talk about okay, price. Okay, then never mind. Yeah. <laughs> 33 to $39 for your meal. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, so let's uh, let's go back to some music and some ads and stuff. You should go there the day that they put those water drops in your eyes after the eye doctor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you can't, like, you can't see very see well anyways. You can't cross the street. Well, yeah, that would be perfect. So dangerous. Perfect place. Yeah. Okay. Okay, what are we playing now? Um, we will play an ad for Katsulano, and then we will play something by Flash Palace. Great. Katsulano Street Party, Vancouver's biggest music and arts festival, is back July 12th from 11 a.m. until 9 p.m. Come on down to West 4th Avenue for over 50 great bands, including Grapes of Wrath, Ben Sinister, Humans, Lightning Dust, and a special performance by the Poppy Family, starring Susan Jacks with members of the New Pornographers, Black Mountain, and Destroyer. Over 40 tasty food carts, hundreds of Vancouver's best vendors, and the new Desjardins Family Zone will highlight the day. Catalano Street Party, Saturday, July 12th, brought to you with love by the merchants of West 4th Avenue.
Timber Concerts and CITR Radio presents Painted Palms with Imperial Mammoth and Jay Arner, Wednesday, July 2nd at the Biltmore Cabaret. Tickets are available at Red Cat and Zulu Records or online at ticketweb.ca. For more info, go to paintedpalms.net. Locus of Control and is off their new album, Someone to Jump. Before that was Flash Palace and that was Abramiliad. Abramiliad? I don't know how to pronounce it. And Brave Parents is actually uh, Shane Turner, who used to live in Vancouver here. Yes, um, you might remember him as Shane Turner Overdrive or the bass player in Fanshawe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did other things too. He also toured with Wood Pigeon for a while. Yeah, he was in Wood Pigeon for a while. That was... Yeah. Maybe his his famousest thing. Yeah. Anyways, we like his tunes. Yeah, I dig his tunes, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he's got a cool album. Um, the art for the album was done by local comic book store employee Ben Jock. Mm-hmm. Which comic S- book store? He works at Lucky's. Very nice. Yeah. Okay. So, what should we play next? 
Um, we should play. Uh, do you want to hear a little bit about ramen? I would love to hear about ramen. Do you Do you have any opinions on ramen, or would you like to have them formed by by this this recorded discussion of ramen? Um, I've had some ramen, but not as many ramen as other food. Okay, well let's let's play it, and then if you have any further questions about ramen, yes. I'll ask they'll, them. They'll be here. We'll we'll be here <laughs> to talk about them. Uh, this is Jordy, and I'm here with my lovely fiance Darcy Birch. Hello. Um, so we're going to talk to you about ramen. Mm-hmm. And I like ramen. You love ramen. I love ramen. Could you describe what ramen is? Most people will know, but just what it is to you and sure. why you love it. So ramen is, as most people know, is like a Japanese soup made with a very buttery sauce and noodles and various vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I just love it because it's delicious. Like, it's always good. I've never had bad ramen. It's really, like, flavorful and rich and creamy and there's just really, like, great parts of it. But you don't just love it because, like, you don't just love, like, noodle soups. You specifically love ramen. I think the reason why you think I specifically love ramen so much is because there's always the argument of ramen versus pho. And you know how I feel about pho. Pho is delicious, but pho doesn't like it very much. I don't like pho at all. But I love ramen, and I feel like people always defend pho, but there's always this... No one ever defends ramen, but ramen is Uh amazing. Why do you like ramen more than pho, though? Um, I like the flavors that go into ramen. I think it's more of a savory, Mm -hmm. uh, kind of creamy texture. It's more of a fattier, kind of more, yeah, richer, more hearty soup. Um, I prefer the meat, well, some of the meat in ramen, but usually I prefer the meat more, and the vegetables, and and also the noodles are much better as well. So basically, every every part of ramen is better than every part of pho, in my opinion. I do not agree, but for this segment... I'm going to pretend that I love pho more than ramen. Or sorry, I love I love ramen more than pho. <laughs> okay. That was a Freudian slip. Uh huh. So we go out for ramen sometimes, mm-hmm. um, and like we like most typically we would go out to say like a benkai probably. Yeah. Um, benkai like is a ch- the, the yeah, big ramen chain. One of the chains, but definitely that is not to say that it is bad because it's a chain. It's actually really good. I think benkai is right. It's, I would say it's great, but not not the best. Yeah, I mean... Like, in the world of ramen. Yeah, it's definitely. Like, it, even in the, in the world of ramen in Vancouver. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's I mean, let's say the best is a 10. It, Benkai is, like, a 8. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Where else have you been? Um, so, I've been to Motomachi a lot, which is a really small ramen place on Denman, just at the end of Robson. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty good. I would say it's like around a nine in terms of all of its parts. The, the, the broth is amazing. The noodles are great. The only thing I don't love about it is that they only have big, like, slices or chunks of pork. I'm more of a mince Which pork. is what I prefer. Yeah. You like a, a specific like style of ramen, which is, I can't remember the name of, but it's like the minced pork ramen, which is different yeah, from the other kind. The, the more traditional chunk of pork ramen. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, so yeah, I'm a big fan of there. And then we recently yeah, went to with some friends. We went to Santuca, uh, yeah. which is on Robson and Butte. So in the ramen district. Yeah, <laughs> ramen district. There are many ramen places. A lot of ramen places in that area. How would you rate that place? Because is that a nine or is that a ten? Um, I would say they had your mince pork. It, they did have mince pork, but you know what? I would actually rate them as an eight as well. Uh, I would say they're better than Benkai. The reason I would say that is because like they. Their noodles were spectacular. They were much better than than Benkai. Uh, their broth was good, but it wasn't as spicy. So there were parts of it that maybe I would give it like an eight and a half, a nine. I would say it was definitely better than Benkai. Yeah. Like, uh, I just really pork, like how spicy the Benkai pork is. was really soft and buttery, mm-hmm. which you do not get at Benkai. Benkai has like sometimes a little chewy. The pork yeah, little maybe chewy. the pork is not wonderful at Benkai, but yeah, the pork was really good at Sentuka, um, but I like the broth better at Benkai. Okay. So if I could build my dream bowl of ramen, it would probably be uh, broth, broth from Benkai, noodles from Motomachi, and meat from Sentuka. Listen, I'm surprised you're including Benkai. Not that like I'm, I'm a big fan You're of Benkai. You're a big fan of Benkai. And there's one right near our house. There's so. one right near our house, so that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that Santuka was the best ramen I've had in town. Mm. Um, without question. The bro- this, like every, I would say that like the noodles, the broth, and the meat were all superior mm-hmm. to Benkai's versions of the same. But, that said, I like a different kind. I like the more traditional kind of ramen, which is the more... Uh, less spicy, more plain. Mm-hmm. Um, the miso ramen. The miso. Or the shoyu. The miso or the shoyu ramen. Although I will eat a spicy ramen, but the spicy ramen at Santuka is very mild. It's not like... Yeah, it wasn't spicy at all. It's, it's the it spice is used, almost... It could have used, like, double the spice. If it had double the spice, it still would have been very spicy. You have to, like... Yeah. Sometimes, like, Benkai, I even find, like, I can't eat it too quickly because it's so spicy. And that's the kind of spice I like. Hmm. But, yeah, in the world of ramen, I don't... I think that ramen is like more about the broth. Yeah, the spicy broth. Not the spicy broth. The like savoriness of mm. it. And the richness of it. Yeah. Um, so we've been to a number of ramen places. Uh, one thing we should say about these places Benkai, really easy to get into. Yeah. Santuka and Motomachi, um, expect to wait. Yeah. They're very popular. Santuka is not super small. But it's not huge, and they have a huge line. Monomachi is about a third of the size of Santuka, and they also have a line. Yeah. So it'll be if uh, you're going, that's like, quite the commitment. Yeah, it's gonna you're going to be waiting in line for uh, probably like 20 minutes, half an hour. Yeah. And then you're going to get to sit down and eat. Yeah. So don't go hungry. You'll be really hungry by the time you sit down. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we tried to make our own ramen. Yeah. Which we thought would be very difficult. Yeah, I figured ramen was either, like, if you made it at home, it was, like, a crappy instant ramen, or I thought if you wanted to make good ramen, it was difficult and hard. Mm-hmm. But turns out, not. The broth was, it's just time-consuming. Yeah. It's very good. I mean, I didn't think our, our broth was amazing. Like, it wasn't, like, the best broth ever. No. But it was very good. It was I was very I good. actually liked it more than Benkai's broth. Yeah. So, we were always under the assumption, and I think this is true for most ramen restaurants, that the broth has butter in it. 
I don't. Yeah, it might be true that Muslim does. The recipe we followed did the not. The recipe we followed didn't have. It any. had a little bit of sesame oil. Yeah. And that was the only fat that was added that didn't come from the pork itself. Yeah. So we just made a pork bone broth. Yeah, you just get like a meaty pork bone. Yeah. You toss it into into a big stock pot. Green onions, a lot of ginger, mm-hmm. some garlic, some booze. We were supposed to use sake, but we didn't have any sake, so I think we used... Dry vermouth? Yeah, we probably used dry vermouth. Yeah. Instead, one more thing that went into that broth ah. with a little bit of soy sauce. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. That was all the stuff in the broth, I believe. Yeah. Yes. And then we just let that cook for like, what, three or four hours? And the best thing was that during that time we left and we came back and then our whole house smelled like ramen. Yes. And it was so good. And it smelled like butter. Mm-hmm. And there was no butter in it. And like while I was cooking, you can spend your time like working on other like parts of the ramen or mm-hmm. just doing whatever. You could go watch a movie or something. Yeah. Um, but the other parts of ramen that are pretty traditional is like we did boiled eggs. Yeah. Very um, important. Hard boiled eggs. Um, we did some kailan. We had some corn. And I think we did like a, I thought we did like a minced like green green onion that we could sprinkle on top. Um, There's bean sprouts. Yeah. We definitely had bean sprouts. Definitely. I don't think we had a protein, did we? We didn't. We thought about doing the pork, but there was already like the pork broth. The pork yeah. broth, so we didn't add the additional pork. Though, if we wanted to do it again, we could. It's just. Uh, the pork seems to be more work than the other parts mm-hmm. of it. So. Oh, and what was key was that we got fresh noodles. Yes. Instead of dry noodles. That was noodles. definitely the most important part. We got fresh Asian noodles from TNT. Yeah. But the recipe we were looking at just said fresh angel hair pasta, so you could probably get fresh noodles from anywhere and it would be delicious. Yeah. Um, but the fresh noodles really made it. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Uh, the fresh noodles made the quality of the noodles probably better mm-hmm. than what you would find at anywhere in town. Yeah. And the broth, the broth, like, the broth is going to be a little bit more subjective whether to your, whether it's to your taste or not, mm-hmm. but it's very good. It's, uh, if you, if you set, if you really loved ramen, you could tweak this recipe if, for, like, in, like, two or three times that you make it or something like that. Definitely. And you could probably get it pretty close to what they do. In, yeah. I feel like if I had broth. tried it a few more times, I could get the perfect spicy broth that I want yeah. out of it. We could probably get a little bit more buttery by tossing in a little bit more sesame oil or like a fattier cut of pork or actual butter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the very important, uh, uh, and then an important part was that we had to go buy ramen bowls. We did. Yes. Because. Which was important. Our bowls at home would not. They would not do justice. We would have to do like three. Three servings. Yeah, our bowls are like little normal sized salad bowls or like bowls appropriate for like a side of soup. They're not for, for the soup, it's the whole meal soup. Yeah, so go out, buy a good $4 ramen bowl. Yeah, we got some great ones yeah. at the dollar store. Yeah, it's um, pretty wonderful. Um, anyhow, is that is that all? Do you have anything else to say about ramen? No, I don't think so. I mean, make it at home is actually not that hard, but it's still not as wonderful as going out to the I think it's, restaurants. I think they're both great. They're, they're, they're really great, yeah. The like, advantage of doing it at home is that your whole house smells like it. Yeah. It still tastes really good. You have good. leftovers. You have leftovers. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was definitely some advantages. It was nice trying to make it and I learning that, how to make it. I thought that making it at home, it, we were competitive with store-bought ramen, ramen mm-hmm. even if we weren't. We weren't the masters, but yeah. like... 
get being making a competitive ramen is in or competitive to Vancouver's ramen anyways. Yeah. Is not too difficult. Yeah. Maybe there's like some places in Japan that would just like blow us out of the water. Maybe. But it's uh, it's an achieve like it's achievable to make ramen at home. Mm-hmm. Don't be intimidated by it. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, back to you guys in the studio. Bye. Uh, so we're, we're even our discuss our discussion just scraped the tip of the iceberg on ramen. If you really want to go deep on ramen, there's a lot more to learn about. Um, the kind of noodles that Darcy likes, that uh, the style of ramen that Darcy specifically likes, is called tantan men, which I've learned while googling. In and the you just found a really helpful guide on ramen yes. on the internet. Yeah, if you want to find a really good guide on ramen, real really like educate yourself in like one website just look up serious eats ramen guide it, um they have a very very good one mm-hmm. on like all the different styles of ramen and what makes ramen what makes different types of ramen different from each other and mm-hmm. yeah check it out we'll post check it, it out. on our facebook page Thank you, Darcy, Jordy's fiance. That's her. For talking about <laughs> your love for ramen. Um, do you want to hear something by Mittens? Yes, Mittens. Mittens. I feel like I have a speech impediment when I say their band name. There's their band name is M I E apostrophe E N S, and it's supposed to be like Mittens, but without the T's. Mm-hmm. And uh, the band's made of um, Miss Kim. And somebody else. Evan. And Evan. And they played in Shindig last year. And Miss Kim has done some radio on our station. Yes. But this is Sparklecore by by them. And it's off of their (laughs) album, Experimental Sparkle Noise Pop. Which is pretty accurate.
listening to CITR 101.9 FM Vancouver and this is Peanut Butter and Jams.
we're back on Peanut Butter and Gems. We're just uh, talking about the merits of different music festivals coming up this summer. Yeah, we're talking about how Pemberton looks pretty good. It does look pretty good. Big, a lot of cool bands playing. Mm-hmm. And then, um, no matter what type of music you like. One thing that most of us will be at is Catalano on July 12th. Yeah. Uh, the Folk Festival is coming up. Um, now's, the July. T- now's the time of year to make your make your music plans. It's true. Which ones Which ones do you want to go to? There are lots. Um, so we were just listening to a song by Mac DeMarco, who we kind of consider a Vancouver band, yeah, even though it's only seen. kind of. He used to be in a band that we all really liked and played a lot on CITR called Makeup Videotape. Yeah. And um, I have tickets. Apparently he does weird things in performance. And, uh, yeah, he's playing on July 1st at the Vogue, and I'm going to say this is our pairing. Our yes. pairing for the show is Mac DeMarco and a food restaurant around the Vogue. Which one? Is there a ramen place near the Vogue? Um, you could go to, if you went really early, if you went early, uh, if you went to like 6, 6.30, mm-hmm. you could have a meal at Santuca before, and then still have plenty of time to get to the Vogue. Perfect. So yeah. go to Santuca. Can you remind us where it is again? It is at Robson and Butte. Robson and Butte for some ramen, and then you'll be ready for Mac DeMarco. Yeah, it sounds like a pretty fun show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's uh, tickets are sixteen dollars. If there's not, if it's not sold out, do you know? I think it's sold out. I think it is. Yes. Tickets are whatever the scalper asks of you. <laughs> um, and the special guests: Calvin Love, the Meat Bodies, and the Naked Sound Holes. <laughs> Which is a weird set of band names. Um, this is Graftition from UBC. Mm-hmm. It has a very nice sewn casing. It is beautiful. Um, yeah. Not mm-hmm. very many people sew things mm-hmm. to, uh, to make their CDs. And this song is called I Drew You. I drew you as a cattle on my hand When I used that I remember when I whistled like a child then And there was shining in your eyes When I drew I knew you I thought My lines Were right and then I drew you as a cattle on my hands I used them I remember when you made me Whistle like a child Just one more touch I 
when that cattle will sound again The one that he used to sing so loud He turned it down so it's quiet now The night is coming sooner The wind is getting cold My hands are all covered now In everything that I know The night is coming sooner The wind is getting cold My hands are all covered now In everything that I know I wash the drawings on my hands I want to forget when I want to forget when I want to forget when I whistled like a child And you held me through The night is coming sooner The wind is getting cold My hands are all covered now And everything that I know The night is coming sooner The wind is getting cold My hands are all covered now And everything that I know That was Graftition off of her album. I, it's a pretty indie job on the packaging, so I'm not actually sure how you can find that album, but I would recommend just doing a, doing a little Googling if you're interested in tracking that down. Her, her band's name is Graftition, spelled G-R-A-F-T-I-C-I-A-N. Um, we're going to try and get our resident beer expert on the line to talk to us a little bit about um, some of the new changes, to, new happy changes to the happy hour legislation in BC. And we're, but while we're while we're waiting for that, we're going to listen to another song by One's Zeros. Do you want to hear the slow song or the fast song, Brenda? Maybe the slow song. The slow song. It's called the Fighter. The Fighter. Yeah. That slow song by Ones and Zeros. Off of their EP, The City Don't Care.
become a friend of CITR and get great discounts in the UBC and Kitsilano area at... The Australian Boot Company, Banyan Books and Sound, The Bike Kitchen, The Cove, Dentry's Pub, Displace Hashery, Limelight Video, The Eatery, Fresh's Best Salsa, Gargoyles Bar and Grill, Lotusland Tattoo, Nuba Kitsilano, Presson Music, Rufus's Guitar Shop, and the UBC Bookstore. Wow, it sure does pay to be a friend of CITR. To find out more, visit us in room 233 of the sub on the UBC campus. Or go online to www.citr.ca. Keep smiling, keep shining, knowing you can always count on me. For sure, that's what friends are for. And welcome back. Um, what you just finished hearing uh, was an ad, but before that was a song by the Cupcake Girls uh, called Sugar and Spice from the Girls Rock Camp, Vancouver, 2013. Brenda, what is Girls Rock Camp? Girls Rock Camp is a week-long camp where local musicians who are women uh, teach uh, younger girls how to play instruments and how to be in bands and work at uh, teamwork and positive self-image and communication. Yeah, um, it's a pretty great project. Uh, people donate instruments uh, to keep it going and they just want to like get more women involved in making rock music and, well, I think any type of music, but mm-hmm. it is called Girls Rock Camp. So Yeah, getting yeah. girls on those drums and those basses and guitars. Yeah. They are having a showcase fundraiser because uh, Girls Rock Camp is, uh, I believe it is next week or the week after. But, yeah, they have a, a showcase on July 12th, so you can go and see all the bands perform. That's pretty fun experience. Uh, it go is. Go check it out. Yeah. If Do you still have the CD queued up? Um. I do. Would you like to hear another one off of it? Yeah. Can we play the track number one? It's the Girls Rock Camp Vancouver theme, and it will give you a bit of sense of the fun times that they have. Our music director, Sarah, accordingly volunteers for Girls Rock Camp. All right. Well, this is the Girls Rock Camp theme. Mm Mm-hmm.
welcome back. Uh, we, I believe we have a guest with us on the line. Rob, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Excellent. Um, so Rob is here to talk um, in uh, a little bit about with us about the new happy hour legislation that was just introduced into BC. Um, just uh, for those of you who don't know, you may have heard of this on the news in passing, or perhaps um, maybe you already follow this. Uh, but uh, happy hour legislation was announced in BC. Um, places can now lower or now have flexible pricing during the day. Um, but with that, there's a new new laws regarding what minimum pricing um, can be charged for drinks in BC. And the minimum pricing um, for drink for draft beer is 25 cents per ounce. Uh, for packaged beer, 25 cents per ounce. 60 cents per ounce for wine, and two dollars per ounce for liquors and spirits. Um, which, if you do the math on, sounds kind of reasonable. That's like three dollars for for a uh, like a, a one and a half ounce cocktail. But if you do the math on what it costs for a pint, that is a minimum of $5 for a pint. Um, Rob, you have some things to say about this. Uh, yeah, it's just interesting that it's going to raise price, uh, prices for beer, specifically all across the board. Um, I mean, a lot of places, especially in rural areas in British Columbia, a lot of pubs right now, you can still get a beer for $3.50, $4.00. Uh, things like that, and it's effective immediately that it's actually going to be uh, 25 cents an ounce for all drafts and packaged beer. So a lot of those places are going to see their prices go up, and that's also before tax as well, so you're going to have 15% tax on top of that, uh, $5 for a 20-ounce pint. Uh, so it's actually going to be five seventy-five at the bare minimum. Yeah. So it's a bit of a... <laughs> It's not really anything to be happy or excited about. If When I heard that Happy Hour was going to be announced, I was like, oh, sweet, there's going to be more deals out there. But in fact, everything that was a deal before Happy Hour got announced is now no longer legal. Yeah, so, you know, you, everyone has those couple spots. Even if you live in Vancouver, everyone says Vancouver is so expensive. You always know those spots where you can go get, like, a $10 pitcher or, you know, a three fifty pine or something. It's not, it's not the best local craft beer by, by any means, but... Uh, sometimes you like to go out and have yeah, a Yeah, sometimes you just want to, like, have a burger and a beer with some friends and just not spend too much money and get something that's about the same price as, like, getting a six-pack and doing it at home. But that, um, that those prices are all going up. You, those, yeah. those, like, sushi restaurants and cheap pubs that have ten, that had 10 or 10 to $12 pitchers are no longer allowed to charge them, although I haven't actually seen the prices go up at the places that I've checked out yet. Yeah, that's what's interesting. People have been slow to the uptake. Um, obviously, it was released pretty loudly, but I'm, I'm interested to see what the implementation is like. Yeah, I'm interested in seeing if people, like, because I heard a in the in one news story I read, the owner of the Canby said that he would follow the law, but he wouldn't be the first person to do it. He said he wouldn't do it until he was forced to. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, so the enforcement level is going to be the interesting part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's certainly not in anyone who runs... If you run a bar that's relatively cheap, if you raise your prices before all your all the other cheap bars raise their prices, then people just go to the other cheap bars until they have to raise their prices. Yeah, you're going to lose a lot of business very quickly. Mm-hmm. 
So just to provide some comparisons, in Alberta and Saskatchewan, the minimum price for a draft beer is 16 cents, which is $3.20 a pint. And in Manitoba, the minimum is $3.60 a pint. In Ontario, $3.33. So $5 is uh, pretty extreme for consumers. Yeah. And then what? Sorry, go ahead, Rob. What, what people need to understand as well is that if this is this is the minimum price, uh, you know, 24 hours a day. So if you want to actually, if, if you're um, a restaurant owner or a pub owner and you want to actually have a happy hour special, your regular prices are going to have to be higher than $5 in the first place to even make the $5 seem like a discount. It's possible so, that maybe people can do some sort of creative accounting where they have like a burger and a beer sort of deal, maybe where the well, five dollars, but the burger's free or something. That's okay, but you know, if you want to have a happy hour that's two hours long, you are not going to have two burgers. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll work once. It's true, but I mean, under the old rules, people could have already done that. But then restaurants are still kind of screwed because they're giving away food for free. I think that the idea that Jordy's having is that you, the restaurants would then eat the cost of the, of the food and kind of translate that through their liquor. But um, as I mentioned, you could have already done that. With yeah, the it's true. It, it, there was no, there's nothing stopping people from doing that. And some places did do that um, mm-hmm. before. I know there was like maybe not $5, but like there was a lot of like $7 burger and a beer deals yeah. that you could get in town or $8. So, yes. like, do we know what beer producers are feeling about this? Um, they've been fairly quiet on the issue. Um, people should definitely keep their ears around for the um, British Columbia Craft Brewers Guild, who have been fairly quiet on the whole issue. Mm-hmm. But restaurants and pubs are definitely not in favor. It depends. Um, some of the larger restaurants seem to be... Um, more in favor than the smaller restaurants. Obviously, it's going to harm the smaller restaurants a lot more because they're going to have to raise their prices and in with that much more of a visual impact for a lot of people who know that one restaurant or that one pub. Um, with the chain restaurants, it's kind of everyone just goes there and they expect that it's going to be kind of expensive and they never know uh, what the pricing is going to be because it's yeah. different every time you go. It's actually kind of helping bigger restaurants that are already char- overcharged for like say they always charge seven dollars for a beer now they can temporarily drop their prices compete with people during like peak business hours when uh, they might lose customers who are concerned about price and then just Mm -hmm. raise them back up when they had when they have the normal amount of uh, people there anyways yeah and i mean when you get customers who are complaining about that they can just shrug their shoulders and say oh well it's a government mandated situation so we can't do anything about it but you know yeah, I saw... Quietly, they're maybe snickering in the back room. I saw the the restaurant and lobbyist... I can't remember what their name is. So, like, the, there's, like, a lobbying group for, that represents restaurants, but mostly it represents large corporate restaurants, and they were mm-hmm. quite happy with the changes. Um, but I don't think they get a lot of input from small, independently-owned restaurants or pubs. Now, Rob, you were thinking that this would start a whole bunch of shot... Shots and beer combos? Well, I mean, we, we've all been to Seattle, and we've been done happy hour there in, in Alberta and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, they have, they have like, a, a, beer, like a, a beer and a shot for five bucks sort of thing. 
Which technically we can do, because if you look at it, it's uh, a can, can of beer is 12 ounces, so that's $3 minimum price. Mm-hmm. And a shot in Canada is only one ounce, so that would be $5. Yeah, I mean, that's it's possible that that could exist now. Um, I guess that's not the end of the world, but... No, but it just not seems funny that, that they are raising the price so high and they're blaming that um, public safety on that. They're saying it's a public safety issue. When it's, uh, but it's not a public safety issue in Ontario or Saskatchewan or the rest of Canada. Now we have, I think we have the most expensive beers in Canada now, don't we? Yes, we do, and mm-hmm. it's also not a public safety issue to then... Uh, offer people like a shot in a beer special, which is where a lot of people, I think, are going to go. Because <laughs> the five dollar beer is not a deal, but a five dollar shot in a beer, yeah, is, is a deal for sure. Yeah, that's I mean, true. If you have a can of beer and a shot of whiskey, as opposed to just a pint, yeah, it's actually going to get people drunker faster because they're going to yeah, be encouraged. Sure. The, the prices on liquor are going down, but the prices on things you would drink slowly are going up. Yeah, so it's kind of a. A little back, backwards. Well, and if it's about public safety, what what's happening in the environment to make public safety suddenly an issue, and where beer is more <laughs> less of, is where beer is the culprit of public safety and not shots and wine. Yeah, so yeah. weird. Uh, I, could, I could complain about this all day, but um, I'm going to. Ha- we're going to have to let you go because uh, we've got some new shows coming up. Um, stereoscopic readout and uh, Thunderbird Radio Hell are just around the corner. Um, we're going to put some music on uh, by Sabota to let you go uh, with. Um, but well, uh, who would you recommend people write to if they have any things to say about this issue? Um, Justice Minister and Attorney General uh, Suzanne Anton. Yes, she would be an excellent yep. person to voice your opinion on this with. Um, and you can also use the hashtag unhappy hour <laughs> on all your social media as well. Great. Okay, well, thanks so much for talking to us, Rob. Thanks, uh, Rob. And uh, I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, always a pleasure. Bye.